the, it, it should be an, a no-brainer. Um, the Democratic Party and the leadership of the Democratic Party um, has taken a stand that they're not going to provide any money for the construction of a wall or a barrier. Uh, according to Nancy Pelosi, not one dollar. Um, there was a, a study that just came out yesterday national survey and between very serious and serious the problem of the border 75 percent of american voters who responded to the survey said it's either very service serious or serious so three quarters of the american voters based on a legitimate survey are against the democrats supporting the president um the 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 democrats have decided that illegal aliens are more important to them than american citizens we had miss cortez earlier in the week who said and i'm trying to quote exactly but maybe paraphrasing a little. The illegals who are trying to get into the United States are more American than the people who are trying to keep them out. Wow. They're more, Amer- they're more American than the people who are trying to keep them out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't believe that the Rasmussen poll is an outlier. I gotta believe that the polling data that the Democratic Party is taking is showing them this was a bad, bad decision. You know, when Nancy Pelosi was Speaker of the House before, and when they were trying to ram through Obamacare, she said the famous quote, well, we have to pass it to find out what's in it. And Everybody did a head shake, like, what? You gotta pass it? You mean you don't know what's in the bill that you're voting on? You gotta find out after you vote for it? So, here we have now a situation where the the president wants $5 billion, and Nancy Pelosi is saying, not $1. I was on a show last night and I admit it was late in the evening, 11.30 when I was still on the air. Yeah. And we were talking about the shutdown as it relates to this issue. And we were talking about whether or not the president has the constitutional right to declare a state of emergency. And, <laughs> and um, I am amazed that the left is saying, well, if he declares a state of emergency... The Democrats will go to the court and over and get a uh, restraining order to stop the president from doing what he wants to do. And I'm saying to myself, no, wait a minute. Did when the president declared when President Obama declared a state of emergency in the hurricanes that we had a couple of years ago when he was president? Did 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 the Republicans go to the courts to say, no, you can't? 
You can't allocate that money. You can't spend that money on trying to help people rebuild their houses and their lives. You, you don't have permission. So what, what, I, what I'm saying about this looking, judge shopping, looking for a judge to support their position, I got a couple of quick observations. Number one, the Supreme Court in their last decision of the last session the Chief Justice and several of the other justices chided the lower court justices for trying to legislate from the bench, that it was not the intent of the founders to give legislative power to the judiciary branch. So I suspect that they're going to have a difficult time because there is so much precedent of the president being able to declare a state of emergency happened. I think I saw a number yesterday, Jim, at least 13 times in the last 40 years, presidents of both parties have declared national emergencies and were able to, to provide money to, to help. So I, I think they, they, they may find it difficult to find a judge. Um, and if they find a judge who gives a stay, I suspect that the first appeal to the appellate court will sustain the president and it will be done with. Um, I made a prediction last night, which is probably because of the lateness of the hour. Um, if, if the Democrats do not come to the table in a reasonable period of time, something less than two weeks, I, I fully expect the president to declare a national emergency to protect the interests of the American people, their safety and security, and start the process of using the executive authority, uh, which granted was granted to him by the Congress, to begin the process of building the walls. Um, but I don't think he's going to necessarily sign legislation to fund the government. Now, I'm going way out on the deep end, Jim, and I'm going to suggest that this government shutdown could go until the interim funding at the end of September runs out for the rest of the government. And unless the Democrats um, change their tactics. But I think, I mean, I, 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 I don't know whether you saw the, the presentation of Schumer and, uh, and Pelosi after the president's speech. I said to myself, this is the best the Democratic Party has to offer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I wondered just what the hell that was. <laughs> it, was it reminded me, it reminded Nancy Pelosi, reminded, I'm, I'm born and raised in Columbus, Ohio, and one of the things that I did when I was growing up as a child is I used to go deer hunting. And when you, and, and we had a huge deer population in in. Ohio, and then we moved to New Jersey, and they had a bigger problem. And you would see deer carcasses all over the road. And what would happen is that when you're driving at night and a deer crosses the road and they turn and look into your headlights, they freeze. They can't move until the lights are, are gone. Nancy Pelosi looked like she was a deer frozen in the headlights. Uh, she had no emotion, no courage of her conviction. She, her speech was... Uh, unemotional. Uh, when she turned it over to Chucky, Shuck, Chucky Upchuck, he um, 
he did no better. Uh, th- this was this was a poster child for de- these two were poster children for depression because they did nothing to uplift the American people that they had a better idea. And so all of the rhetoric that that Nancy Pelosi is saying about the wall that it's immoral and it's racist and all that crap. The American people aren't buying it. But now we put, we put, Mr. Trump, I shouldn't say we, Mr. Trump has put them in an incredibly deep hole. Because if he enacts the emergency powers, starts building the wall, they go to court and lose, what did they gain? They didn't gain anything. They're they're taking a stance that wasn't totally thought out, and as a result, they've made a tremendous blunder. Now, Nancy Pelosi was elected speaker by a very slim margin. She won because there were a number of Democrats who voted present in order to assure that she could win. If they back down. If the if the Democrats back away, I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't a, a, a leadership election to replace her. A, 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 an incredible reaction from especially a lot of the new radicals that that, have, that came into the Congress, and that leads me to the next subject. Okay. We have Miss Cortez, the darling, the darling of the left who is a Marxist, a socialist, quote, running under the Democratic banner. That's the way she ran for Congress. She didn't say she was a Democrat. It was just like Bernie Sanders, an independent running under the Democratic banner. She introduced this week a new Green New Deal. Now, she wants to eliminate all fossil fuels as a source of energy production by 2030, which is right now approximately 11 years away. And she wants to spend over the next 10 years $32 trillion minimum to implement her green energy program and some other things like guaranteed income for everybody and all these socialist agendas. And But when pressed of where it comes from, she doesn't know. We had on the very first day of the, the congressional session, we had this these pieces of legislation. A motion for the impeachment of Donald Trump, not unexpected, an increase in the individual tax rate to 72%. And by the way, if you live in New York City, it's, with the state and local taxes, 82%. She wants to change the corporate taxes from 21-22 to 33%. And they want to eliminate a part of the Constitution that's been there from the beginning, and that's the Electoral College. This was the first day. I have to believe that a lot of people 
who voted for these people for office are having big-time buyer's remorse because there is no majority anywhere in any polling data that I've seen for any of this. Now, there's no question in my mind that they're also going to start either impeachment hearings or investigations. Um, They want to, for example, they want to make it uh, mandatory that presidential candidates have to uh, disclose 10 years of tax returns. And if they're going to do that, that takes a, that's a constitutional amendment. Um, <clears throat> the media, which I've written about this, the media is reporting what the Democrats want to do as going to be accomplished by the Democrats. Now, either the media <clears throat> doesn't understand the constitutional process of how bills become law, or they're choosing to ignore it to simply say to the people, it's a fait accompli, it's going to happen. They don't understand when, when, when Mitch McConnell said last week, any legislation coming from the House that the president tells me he is not going to sign will never get to the floor. Now, his predecessor, Majority Leader Harry Reid, withheld... 350 of the legislation that passed the House that never got to the floor of the Senate because Harry Reid refused to process them. So now the Democrats are seeing the same thing going to happen. Um, legislation it can be started in the House. It has to be approved by the House. It has to be approved by the Senate. And it has to be approved by the President. If the president vetoes it and the legislation started in the House, then it first goes back to the House. Under the the federal statute, it takes a two-thirds majority of the House or Senate to override a presidential veto. Both have to do it. In order for the House to override a presidential veto, the Democrats have to get 100% of their votes, and they have to convert 55 Republicans or almost 30% of all Republicans to go along with the Democratic agenda. In the Senate, we have 53 to 47. So in order for the, the, the Democrats to override a presidential veto in the Senate, they have to have 66 votes. They have 47, so they have to get 19 Republicans to switch and support the override of the presidential veto. It's not going to happen. But they believe because they have spoken that it will happen. I don't believe it's going to happen. We've got Dan so, Perkins <laughs> with us today. Now, what, 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 why, why do you think this won't happen? Because I don't think there are enough votes to override a veto in either the House or the Senate. And I don't think that anything, if, if, if President Donald Trump says to Mitch McConnell, I'm not going to sign this, he'll never take it to the floor. So he will stop legislation from progressing through the Senate by putting it on his desk and not assign it to a committee. No matter what the House does, it's not going to happen. So we're going to have gridlock, deadlock, more and more arguing, 
more and more increased rhetoric, more and more yells and screams and taunts at, at Donald Trump. But it's a losing proposition for the Democrats because their resistance, because they don't want him to win, is not what people voted for when they elected them to serve in Congress. They had elected them to serve in Congress to to do what is right for the country, not what's right for the Democratic Party. So I, I, I think, and, and what a lot of people are not paying attention to, believe it or not, we are, we are just about a year away from the first presidential primary. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> And so the, I believe that the tenure of the of the Democrats in control of the House is going to diminish rapidly as America becomes disenchanted with the socialist communist agenda of the Democratic Party. We've got a great guest with us today. Dan Perkins joins us here on our big program. And uh, Dan... Uh, what 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 do you make of the fact that the uh, this wall is such a big deal to the president? Uh, there's a lot of folks that that just don't understand his angle here. Explain this to us a little bit. Well, that's a good question. Uh, Donald Trump, in my opinion, is first and foremost an American patriot. That. He has already demonstrated in the two years that he's been in office what he has been able to do for all of America, not for white, not for Republicans, not for blacks, or not for Hispanics or Orientals individually, for all America. All the things that he's done has improved the quality of life of all Americans, regardless of race, color, or creed. He is a he is what is called a, a, a populist. He believes that his mandate is to, quote, make America great again. And that means everybody benefits. The Democrats don't want that. Let me give you an example. A week ago today, the Labor Department reported that America created, in the month of December, 312 thousand new jobs almost double what was anticipated okay do you did you happen to notice what the democratic response was to that no that's too many <laughs> wow that's too many new jobs that's that's not good they have all these people going to work and it, it's true it's not good for the Democrats, but it's good for the Republican, it's good for the president. So we have a man who has been elected president, who said he was going to do th certain things. Those that are tracking it, he's done already accomplished about 75% of the things, of the promises that he made. And one of his cornerstone promises to the American people was to secure the border. And that meant building the wall. So why is he so adamant about building the wall? Because he's a man of his word. He said it's the right thing to do for the people to protect America. My job under the sacred oath of president is to protect the American people. And these are, bad, in many cases, bad people that are, trying, that are coming into our country illegally. We have to stop it. And he went through the whole litany of 
the number of murders and rapes and robberies and convicted felons and all that stuff. But he, I believe, he believes when he made a promise, he's going to do everything he can to keep that promise. And the Democrats have not given him a rationale of why he shouldn't have the wall for the protection of the American people. The, I've, I've seen many interviews with local government leaders in along that southern border and where there are walls, like McAllen, Texas, where the president was yesterday. They don't have an illegal crossing problem because they've got a secure wall, and the people in the town are safe. Other places where there's no wall, they're coming in in droves. So the idea... Now, I, I have to tell you about another underreported story that is relative to what we just talked about. Do we have time to do that? Oh, yeah. We've, oh, yeah. We, we definitely have got some time, my friend. Jump in there. Okay. Since the founding of our country, every 10 years, the government has conducted a census run by the Commerce Department to try and figure out how many people are in the United States. It's done for lots of different reasons. One of those reasons is to count the number of people in each of the states so that we can reapportion the 435 congressional seats based on population. One of the questions that has been on that questionnaire for almost ever, what is your citizenship? And if you lie on this census form, it's a felony. Now, the Democrats are quietly trying to force Wilbur Ross, Secretary of the Department of Commerce, to take that question off the 2020 census. Here's why. We don't really know how many people are in this country illegally. We have as low as a number been pushed out there between 800,000 and, and 2 million. But what's got the Democrats very scared is that one of the sacred institutions of higher learning in the United States, Harvard University, did a study and went out to determine what percentage of the population are illegals. They estimate between as low as 12 million, but potentially as high as 35 million. Jim, at 35 million, if Harvard was anywhere to be, to be close, 35 million, it says that one in 10 people in this country today are illegal. The Democrats do not want that data released. And concentrations of illegals in New York and California, Harvard study said that California has six too many people in Congress because of their high population of illegals. So they want that off there. The American people, I don't believe, are ready to look at the possibility that one in ten 
are in the country illegally. We've got Dan Perkins with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast. And uh, Dan, as we wrap up here, my friend, how can people get your books and uh, bring us up to speed on the nonprofit and everything else? Uh, I have. I think I told you on Tuesday, but if I did, I didn't. I forgot to tell you. Uh, we have a new website design, DanPerkins.guru, and you can see everything Dan Perkins you want there. And um, um, we're in negotiations you about one of our fantastic new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. These folks are absolutely amazing. They have a brand new GoFundMe campaign that's available at Financial Economy System. It is an amazing GoFundMe campaign. Check out G-O-F-U-N-D-E. 